Tenkop. The only common denominator is authenticity and living in your meaningful purpose. Come and read our new ebook, plus see our discovery store and what wonderful tools we have for you. Do enjoy our shows and don't forget to share. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Marine St. Germain. We're going to be talking about multi-dimensional worlds. Beyond the Flower of Life, her Amazon bestseller, and Akashi Records. What does all of this mean? How do we know what dimension we're on? What dimension is the earth firing on right now? How do we make sense of it all? Well, uh, Marine has taught in 15 countries throughout Europe, Canada, US, Egypt, China, Japan, and her books have been translated into Russian, Italian, and Chinese. Let's just to say she's out there. Maybe some people will say far out there, but we're going to home everything in into a way that you can understand that we're all affected by our dimensions and by the Akashi records and about everything. Everything is connected. It's your blueprint, your divine blueprint. So we all like to understand why we're here, the meaning of life, what's our purpose. Well, we can touch a little bit on that today and uh, maybe awaken a little of that spirit that lies within you that's trying to come out. So let's, without any further ado, bring on Maureen and get right into it. Welcome to the show, Maureen. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be on your show. It's wonderful. Well, and we're really, you know, dimensions. A, a lot of the time when you talk about uh, multi-dimensions, people just think you are a bit far out there, don't they? But um, we all resonate well, with I'll, different I'll vibrations. I'll tell you how... Yeah, I'll tell you how you'll know. And everyone is going to say, oh, that's happened to me. And then I can say, aha, mm -hmm. that's your proof that you've been multidimensional. Think of a time that you've put something down, maybe your car keys, maybe your um, favorite lipstick or a pair of sunglasses, something that you use, maybe not all the time, but infrequently, but frequently. And <clears throat> you've put it down or you've put it away. Then you go back. A um, few hours later, thinking, oh, I, I do need to do that again. Instead of leaving it out, you've put it away. Now you go in that drawer or that box, and it's not there. And you think to yourself, it hasn't been that long. I didn't forget. It's got to be here. So you pull everything out. Not there. Put everything back and say, that's just really nutty. Then maybe you find the other pair of glasses, or you you know get along without it. And maybe later in the day or the next day or the day after, you're in that same spot, and the missing item is right there mm -hmm. where you left it. Mm -hmm. And you think to yourself, that's just plain strange. And you forget about it because you now have what you were looking for, and you move on. Now, you weren't looking in that moment. You were getting something else. But because you were in a different state of mind, not frantic, not looking, not stressing, you were actually in a higher vibration. That higher vibration is where you set it down. So... When this started happening to me initially, I, as a mystic, I was able to ask, you know, where's my stuff? Oh, it's in the fourth dimension. It's in the fifth dimension. <laughs> and, you know, being a forward-thinking kind of gal, I'm always looking at, well, what can I teach my students? What can I tell people? And the, the thing that kept coming up was, well, you know, if it's in the fourth dimension, I'd like it back. You know, I, have kid, I had kids at that time at home, and when stuff was disappearing, you know, if you knew they took it, you'd say, just would you put my scissors back? I need them for cooking, you know. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> one day uh, I had been teaching my students that there's really only one question to ask when you're working with your higher self, and that is what's going on, because it's the only open-ended question there is. And without even thinking, I said, what's going on when something was disappeared? And I was told, Maureen, you were in the higher dimension when you put it down. And if I'm doing it, so are you. And so is everybody who's listening. It's happening. You just don't know it. And the thing is, and this is something my mother taught me, when one of my um, sons, I have four sons, when one of my sons finally was starting to act mature, and this was the one that was, you know, always, you know, always causing trouble, always in, into little stuff that he shouldn't be, I was very happy to be sharing this outcome with my mother. And she said, well, honey, just remember, kids don't go up in a straight line. And I was so naive and innocent in my thinking in that moment about the children, I said, what does that mean? And she said, well, just keep in mind that now that he's done something very mature, he'll probably do something really stupid. 
<laughs> and I, I went, oh, my God. Of course, she was right. And I, I named that the law of change because we all change this way. Every one of us, we make some forward progress. Then we have some little backsliding. Then we make forward progress and backsliding. And think about anything, any skill you've acquired. We've all done it. If you've become a runner, you know that some days when you first started, you were a slacker. And then you kind of got in the groove and you were fine. But as we shift into another level, we are making forward progress and then a little bit of backward progress. And then forward progress again and a little bit of backward. And it's that <clears throat> forward to the higher state when we set something down and then when we slip back and we think, oh, I need to take care of this, you're more anchored into 3D, then you're not seeing what you had just put down. And that's your proof. And, and just as another story to really drive this home, when this first happened to me, I really thought, that's really cool, but I still wasn't ready to tell anyone until the same son that I've been telling you this first story about, the 16-year-old, comes home one day, has something in his hand, and puts it in his backpack. I watch him do it. He puts the backpack down, he comes in the kitchen, he tells me some big story. At the end, he says, I want to show you what I mean. And he walks back to his backpack, and he reaches in the backpack, and whatever it was that he had put there was MIA. It was not there. <laughs> and he looks at me with this wild look in his face, and he said, Mom, I just put it there. And I said, I know. I saw you do it. And when I saw it happen with him, that's when I was certain that it was real. And I said to him, oh, honey, it's probably in the fourth or fifth dimension. You, you know, we'll just ask for it to come back, and it'll turn up. You know, and so I said, come back in the kitchen and finish your conversation. And he did. And I said, okay, now go look. And it was there. Right. Yeah. So that's solid proof. And we've all done this. And I'm not talking about the night you come home with a little too much to drink and you don't know where you left right. your car keys. We're talking about <laughs> the car. you're fully cognizant. <laughs> and, and sometimes you don't even realize you're in this sweet, joyful place of smoothness. Life is going okay. And you don't realize you're actually offering no resistance. And when you offer no resistance, you can actually slip into your highest expression, which is your fifth dimensional self. Yes, why we, we always tell people to take a breath, step back. You know, when you're worrying over something, where is it? What have I done with it? What do I do now? You're not going to find or see anything. You need to kind of step out, have a deep breath, redirect yourself. It's just like when you're trying to remember something. What's the name of that? Don't worry. It'll come to you. Step away, and it'll come back to you when you get back into your flow, into your groove. But the more you worry about something, you know, the, the less likely it's going to turn up or you're going to remember where it is. So it's kind of stepping away into that other dimension, isn't it? And then that clarity yes. follows. Yes. And, and what's interesting is when I have this happen and I, and I really need to know or I, you know, I have this mental urgency because it makes me happy to know, I will simply say I choose to know mm -hmm. rather than questioning how, why, when, or what. And in all those other questions except for the what question of the five interview questions, you know, who, what, when, why, where, how, all of those other questions are always asking us to get an answer that we can then use our mind to solve. You know, who ate the cookies in the cookie jar? When were the cookies consumed? You know, and, and all these things are because we want to solve a particular problem. But when we ask the what question, what is very open-ended and very allowing. So when I want to know something, I say I choose to know or I'm asking to know, and then the information flows right back in. And when something happens that really defies explanation, if a person would take just a second, as you say, step back, take a breath, you know, fill in to that place of yumminess, and then say, so what's going on? You will be amazed. And think about it. We even do that with our friends. You know, we sit down, we have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, we say, so, what's going on? And, and then that opens the door and they tell their story. It's really amazing. So the what question is very, very powerful. It's the now question, isn't it? You know, uh, uh -huh. when you ask the how and this and that, you're not actually asking for the information in the moment. You know, when you ask the what, it is right now what's going on, right? <laughs> exactly, because all of the others, you're collecting data, so that you can take an action. Mm -hmm. But the what is simply, just hit me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, I'm Lay ready, like me. you say, I, I'm ready now. I'm yeah. ready now to hear. Exactly right. It's a lovely way to put it. I like it. Well, we're yeah. So I talk a lot about that in, in the book, Beyond the Flower of Life, because that book, even though 
um, it was written as a follow-up to the actual original Merkaba. It's a book that's loaded with secrets on how to activate your higher powers and your higher energies after any of your practices that you might have acquired, whether it's Qigong or Kundalini Yoga or any of those. Um, it's a way to enhance and take everything up a notch. And that was the intention. Yeah. Yeah, you know, getting back to what the you know and the now is, um, you know, I'm always promoting knowingness, um, which is letting your you know divine self uh, or divine divinity speak to you that resonates with the heart that uh, lifts the spirit into action, and then the mind knows what it needs to know at the time it needs to know it in the now, and we're so busy trying to forward ourselves that we forget the importance of the now, don't we? We forget the importance of the knowingness in the moment right now is all you need to know right now. And it's, but yes, but, yes, but, but I think if we take the but out of it and just go what is right now in the present, uh, uh, we won't have a but for the next question. That's right. And, and the reality is, the but is built on our history of loss or failure. Mm-hmm. And when we recognize that there really is only one thing, it is the present moment, um, and we take in the idea that if we can fulfill our present now, that means we're going to have more of that. I heard a very interesting conversation between a woman I greatly admire called Lynn Twist. And she's an expert on fundraising. And she likes to tell the story of how she discovered her older sister's first grade class didn't have money for costumes for the little play they were putting on. So she set up a lemonade stand. So she says, I've been fundraising since I'm five. But what she says (coughs) about this is what you appreciate, appreciates. I like that. Isn't that fabulous? Yes. And I like it so much that I want to say it all the time because it's such a powerful phrase. Um, but I can't claim that I own it because it came from her. So, um, And that's something else that's really important. It's this level of integrity. When people finally get it, that there is enough, and that we have everything we need in the now, then what happens is the universe gives us more nows that are extremely pleasant and fulfilling and happy. So, you know, this business, as you've described, stay in the now and, and everything else will take care of itself. Because... When we worry or fret, it's because we have had an experience in the past that we are now using that as a predictor of the future. Yes. But, you know, the past is no predictor of the future. You're better off with a psychic. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's, it goes back to that linear line. You know, uh, uh, you know we, we're constantly doing the cha-cha, right? We're constantly twist and shouting. Um, you know, and that's, that's the beauty of it. That's what makes everything kind of so fun uh, and so exciting and uh, I think if we became more adventurous and more wondrous and, and more anticipatory what's to, what's in that next moment you know what the what the what you know <laughs> we well, would and, actually and get more excited <laughs> right here's another piece of manifestation if you can look back to a time when things didn't work out and you're now trying to make sure everything is okay that's one way to experience the reality but another way is to say you know I always land on my feet. I always get what I need. I always have plenty of money. So even though I don't know how the next moment is going to be okay, I know that I always land on my feet and whatever I need is going to come to me before I need it. And I often say that. I just, you know, if I start to feel like, how am I going to solve something? And I'm starting to feel, I'm noticing that I'm moving into that energy right away. I'll go, well, you know, I I always do well. I always land on my feet. I always have people come into my life that I need. And I'm so grateful for that. And it immediately dispels that energy of fear and worry that comes up. Because frankly, I don't know anybody that can stop thinking a negative thought before they think it. You see? So we have to allow those negative thoughts to come up and then use that as a trigger to anchor in what we do want. You know, say, well, that's a possibility. That could occur, but I know. And then you go right into your past experiences that were successful and that were happy mm-hmm. and were joyous. And and let the rest be where it is, you know. And a lot of times it's because naysayers are yeah. you know, standing in our way or, or trying to hold us back. And why do the naysayers want to hold us back? They have the same problem. They've had drama that they're not happy with, so they're predicting your future based on their past which is even it's just as funny. 
Oh, it becomes competitive. My drama is bigger than yours. You know, the <laughs> CNN effect, right? Well, you know, that's a very interesting concept. When I tell someone about a drama, let's say, and, and that doesn't happen very often, but let's say I'm telling someone about a drama and they tell me their drama is bigger, I completely back off because for sure I do not want to have a bigger drama than the next one. Right, person. exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it's, in there. it's like, oh my goodness, was I doing that? I guess I was because it triggered that person. So then I'm, you know, moving to compassion and I think, well, you know, things have a way of working out. I'll bet they will for you as well. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just right back into that positive thinking. And I will tell you, I have a little phrase about whenever you notice, whenever a person notices that they're, um, uh, thinking a negative thought of fear and worry, what you do is you bless it. Say, well, you know, that's a possibility. That's a possibility. But the world is full of multiple possibilities. So I'm going to choose one that I like. And you always follow it with two or three. Now, I have science behind this, which is so much fun. And the science is noise-canceling headphones. They're a great example. Noise-canceling headphones have been around 30 or 40 years. And as one of my good friends in the military said to me one time, Maureen, if you know about it, the military's had it for 25 years, yeah. which, you know, it, again, it, it just you have to laugh when people say these things to you because they're right, and you, you think, oh, man. So noise-canceling headphones, how do they work? They take a repetitive sound, create the inverse of it, and then they sync it up with the sound so that the wave collapses. So you're never really erasing a sound that exists before it exists, what you're doing is you're erasing it based upon the history of it repeating. Mm-hmm. So you have to capture the sound, invert it, and then put the two together in sync. So I tell people, you know, when you say something like, oh, you know, I hate my job. I can't wait till I get another job, like that. Then you must follow with, but they pay really well, and I'm looking forward to my next job that pays just as well, and I get great vacation benefits, um, and... Uh, they let you bring your dog to work. And those are all things that I like. So I claim all that, and I claim that the next opportunity I have, it will be all of that, plus I'll love my boss. And, you know, who knows? Maybe you don't have to change jobs. Maybe the boss will. Right, exactly. You know, I always say paint what you want, right? You know, whether physically, emotionally, or, you know, to tell yourself a story, whatever the case is. But if you don't paint the picture of, of what your life wants to look like, how does the universe know what to deliver? Um, and how do you know what to feed? Because we are very much what we feed. If we're living in fear, if we're living in pain, if we're living in anguish, it's, that's what we're feeding. If we're living in right. the what if it's possible, what if I can actually do it? What if, if, if I just change my perspective, my gratitude, my attitude, um, I, could, I could make this all happen. If we feed that, then we really start seeing those seeds grow you know, through that watering right. and that nurturing. Right. So we really first have to start off with that, that ignored dialogue, that, as you said, that, that kind of repetitive dialogue that's constantly going on in the background of our heads and cancel that noise out. Right. Well, and cancel it out with, with, with the uh, antithesis. So you, you come up with two or three or more every time you notice. And you don't judge yourself for slipping into that right. old pattern and that old behavior because then that, of course, creates more negative stuff. Instead, you just say, well, you know, that's, that's definitely a possibility because that did happen to me once. But I've also had lots of good stuff happen to me, and I'm claiming that. And again, it's the opportunity to be self-reflective in a proactive way. Yeah. So you can stay in the moment. Stay in the moment, as you've said. I like it. But it's also who we are. You know, I think let's hit on the who, because when that happened to me way back then, I was a different person. I wasn't as knowledgeable as I, now, I am now. I wasn't, didn't have the same self-esteem. I didn't have this. I didn't have that. I'm a different person now. So the likelihood of that same thing happening to me is pretty slim because I don't invite that now because I am different. So we have to look at everything. You know, I like that. I like that because, you know, one of the things that I teach in the Be a Genie book, which is this Create Love, Success, and Happiness book, is understanding the physics and the science. And what you've done is made the logical argument on why 
more good stuff is going to happen to you today than used to because mm-hmm. you're a different person today than you were. It makes perfect sense. It's logic. You're a different person. You're going to attract better energy. So one of the things that I point out to people is there's three kinds of, of creation. The first one is linear, as you have described, and that's part of creation, cause and effect. The second part is dynamic, and that's a kind of a system that it takes a lot of input before change occurs. Like when you decide to go to the gym, you know, initially you feel like crap, you might even gain weight, and lots of stuff happens that doesn't look like you're making any progress, and then all of a sudden, boom, you drop four pounds. So, and it could also be equated to a avalanche where a small rolling snowball causes a big avalanche. And when those things occur, it's not that there's not data going into that system. It's simply that the data is loading the system, but the reaction is not direct. It's indirect, which is why they call it dynamic. And so that's another form of creation. And then the final form of creation, the third form, is just being in that place of joy and bliss that you only attract more joy and bliss. And that happens to us. Some of us can maintain it most of the time. Some of us can maintain it some of the time. And we all vacillate through that. So what I did in this in this manifestation technique is I actually showed people how to use all three proactively in creating something. So, you know, let's say somebody wants to have uh, a different car. Maybe they, they don't need to have a brand new car, but maybe they want to have a, a, a newer used car or they want to have a car that's paid for, whatever it is. And, you know, the car that they have is definitely on its last leg. So they go to that place where they look back in time and they see themselves being noticed in the new car. So you end up at the grocery store. You see a friend. You're both walking into the grocery store together. And and the friend says, you know, I didn't recognize you because I think you're driving a different car. Is that a loaner? You know, I know your car's been in the shop a lot lately. And you say, actually, no, that's my new car. And that ownership, that linear equation is looking back in time. The the conversation, as you and I have already discussed, that anchors it in, in 3D, that that, uh, real time. And then the joy you feel sharing that moment, yeah, it's my car. It's my new car. It's like, yum. Yeah. You know, again, it's back to that what we invite, isn't it? But I also want to hit on enthusiasm. When we're younger... You know, our our sense of joy, our sense of of enthusiasm is on a much higher scale. You know, the energy level is on a higher scale. And I think a lot of people, when they've especially been in any form of sorrow or restraint, and, you know, they're coming out into, into... into life, into purpose, and into joy again. They expect that joy to be at that same measurement as it used to be. But it isn't, because again, you're different. B, you see joy in a different way. Um, You're calmer in how you see life and interact with life. And your joy, instead of uh, reaching a pitch or a peak, becomes, I think, more widespread and open-armed. Uh, more embracing and so we we very often want to measure what has been in the past I was happy when well you could be just as happy now but the measurement of it is going to be different the depth of it yeah I think I think those are all true and and you mentioned something interesting and I always kind of open up a can of worms when I hear the karma word because there is no more karma Mm -hmm. and we can actually accept that there's no more karma and that we don't have to have this business of cause and effect anymore. Yeah. And <clears throat> this is a very powerful teaching. And I was first given this message back in 1995. And I, I you know, rolled it around in my brain for a good six months. And I finally got up the nerve to share it with some people that I really admired who were spiritual beings and had a very good practice and they'd been students of mine. They were pretty upset when I shared it. And I don't know, but I know it's true. And the truth of the matter is, the reason there's no more karma is because the game has changed. We have moved from this polarity world into the 5D world. And the more of us that adopt it and accept the new game, the less the old game will even matter. You know, it's like, wouldn't it be interesting if everybody in the world, everybody in America especially, decided that they're sick and tired of football because too many people get hurt, too many players get sick, and soccer is a much more civilized game. We can just convert all of everybody to soccer. And in an instant, everything would change because that's a civilized game as compared with this brutality of 
of heavy duty football that they play in America. So no more karma. Pretty heavy duty. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose is karma considered also consequence? Yes. And here's the thing. You are such a different person today. I'm such a different person today that if I if I step out of what I would consider ideal behavior, I immediately regret it. I immediately have awareness, self-awareness. Oh man, I I don't want to do that again. I you know, I'm aware. So that's all it takes. Now, if you want to talk about somebody else, let's say the thieves and the murderers, well, we can't be concerned about those people because if we are, we're back in 3D again. Mm -hmm. So in 5D, no more karma. And the only way to stay there is to only keep track of yourself. Yes, I mean, that's where we go back into self-ownership and self-responsibility. And, you know, uh, we've lived in a society for so long that has been controlled, you know, by religion, by politicians, by corporations. And I think, you know, this whole shakeup that we're seeing in the world right now is, you know, people's liberty, people's freedom, you know, and if you want it, you're going to have to step up and take ownership of it, which means you have to interact and participate in your own life and be responsible for your own actions both physically, verbally, right. and emotionally. Um, but there, right. there lies, you don't like the picture? Well, then paint another picture. Uh, you yes. know, w- because <laughs> we're not into the griping anymore. We're into, well, step That's up right. and do something about it. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And, you know, this is a very interesting uh, conundrum. Um, and, and what you present is very valid. Um, I, yesterday I had an experience with someone that I recognized that they had beautiful art on their website and on their promotional materials, but it was all art that, that came out of well-known artists that, that were not reimbursed. Mm. And I was appalled. Here we have this high spiritual teaching, and then we have theft. And I said to her, you know, I'm always aware of, of any art that I might want and making sure that I either get a permission or I get a, um, uh, I pay for it because I, I want to be clean and I don't want anyone to take my stuff, so why would I want to take somebody else's stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, so that now here I am in this situation and I say to myself, now, can I work with this person? And I had a conversation with one of my mentors and he said to me, well, Maureen, you can only be accountable for your behavior of you. And you've given her the information, it's upon her, and that's that. You know, and you can check in with your own guidance to see if you should continue to work with her, but you don't have to be concerned about the drama further any further than that. Just let it be. And it was what a relief, you know, it's a reminder of my own belief, my own teaching, but I had to, I had to go full circle with it, you see, which is very powerful. You know, because especially as people become more and more integrous in their own behavior, mm-hmm. then then the others around them, their lack of integrity is noticeable. First of all, it's noticeable because you think, we think, and I say this globally, not just, you know, up to, to you, our audience, but to all of us, including myself, we think that they're getting some kind of advantage because they're cheating, you see. And that's when we have to say, well, wait a minute, I don't care. I choose to behave in a way that I know is integrous and I'm in alignment with my thoughts and my actions and my beliefs. You know, and I made this decision years ago when I was dealing with some issues with one of my children and, and you know, he wasn't saying thank you for all the checks I was sending him to help him through college and, you know, later he said, well, I paid my own way through college and I'm thinking, yeah, but I sent you the checks. You wouldn't <laughs> have been able to write your check if I had sent you your check. Yeah. You know, and, and then, then, you know, I, I thought... Um, <clears throat> One time when I was um, I was still working in the corporate world, but I had lost my corporate job. I had just written another check for $2,000 to this errant son, and I have no money in the bank and no one behind me, no husband, no nothing behind me to you know like back me up in case I fall. And I remember thinking to myself, I want to know when he's going to appreciate me because I'm I'm kind of mad at myself for writing that check and not having anything taking care of me, right? The mom drama, and. At the same time, though, I'm projecting it outwards. And because of my gift, my guide said, when he's 28, and I burst out laughing because I thought, 28, I'm thinking like tomorrow or maybe next week would be good. <laughs> and, and again, it's, it's that drama. And what's really cool about this story is 
once I laughed like you did, and I did, I burst out laughing, I let go of it all. And I thought, you know what? I don't do that for him. I don't do it for the thank you. I do it because I think it's the right thing to do. It pleases me to do that. So I don't have to have his approval or his gratitude. I just need to have my own. And as soon as I did that, I let go. That hurdle that I had put up that I didn't even know was there was gone. And I didn't have to wait till he was 28. I, and, you know, the thing is, is that we have to know our own philosophy. You know, um, I believe knowledge should be free. You know, you, you, um, I, that's why I share here in Self-Discovery Radio. I share people's knowledge. Um, you know, I call it, you know, the golden nuggets from the orchard of wisdom. And, uh, you know, a person is going to learn something. Now, if they want your services, that's what they pay for. But the knowledge and the interact introduction, the inspiration, the invitation must be free. Because I believe that is, you know, what what um, my standing is on that. Uh, obviously, I agree. But I on totally the other agree. side, you know, uh, <laughs> the station needs to make money because it's my full-time job. So I have it on donation or subscription, and I also have sponsorship of shows um, that people can do. And people said, but why aren't you forcing this? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? And I said, because that's against my grain. I send out the invitation that if you believe in what I'm doing, these are the ways that you can support it. These are the ways that you can be a part of it. But I cannot you know force people to um to buy something or do something or do that if their conscience or if their you know well-being doesn't want to do that and uh, you know that's very fifth dimensional i want you to know because again you're relying on the universe to take care of the details yes. and it might come in in <laughs> yes. one big check or it might come in in a you know a hundred little ones it doesn't matter the universe has covered it and you're fine that's very fifth dimensional that's fabulous and we are my, converting my daughter, i have ordered from. the big check right now <laughs> <laughs> all right universe you heard that, that. I'm not a lot of little ones but a big one i can do with yeah. <laughs> She's on board for a, a nice big fat check, and and what a happy dance that's going to be! Amazing, just amazing. Yeah, you know, and and truly, um, when whenever I I want to say two things. First of all, I want to comment on you know that whole business would be a, a very conventional way because we are moving off of this need to charge one another for our services. It's an it's a paradigm that was useful and might be useful for a temporary transition, but it, you're right. We, we really want to move to that. And I came across a website where uh, people who are contributing to society have set up a uh, platform where people can make donations and you can get subscription service based upon your level of giving. And I think it's the coolest thing I've ever encountered. And I only recently found this. Um, and, and so that part's really exciting because it says that they trust the universe will fulfill their needs and, you know, they're going to get there. I do want to give you, a, 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 uh, our audience, a, a little side tip, and th that's a sideways thing. You know, in the meantime, till we, till we get there where that ideal is, is, you know, that utopia is, and say, whenever I got a bill, especially when I was really um, living from, from, you know, paycheck to paycheck, I say paycheck, but I mean, you know, like workshop to workshop, events exactly. to events, um, <laughs> What, what I would do when I would get a bill, let's say for advertising or something that I knew I needed and committed to, and then, oh my gosh, there's you know, $600 bill, where, you know, instead of saying, I can't pay it, or I, I can't afford it, or whatever, I would say, well, the universe must know something I don't know, because I have a bill, and it must mean it's going to get paid, because I pay my bills. Right, exactly, exactly, and also I think sometimes it's, you know, it comes back also into that feeling of worthiness as well, right? Um, you know, if you feel that what you really are doing, you truly believe in what you're doing, and you feel that it's a real contribution to humanity in whatever way, then you believe that, that whatever that worth is will be, you know, um, received in gratitude from the universe in what you do need. Um, I know that, you know, this doesn't go, you know, especially with my family, it's like, but mom, uh, and I say, I, in my, I have to trust the universe, it's got a bigger plan. Um, but I can't go against my grain. I can't go against my belief. I can't go against my meaningful purpose because it was given to me for a reason and I need to trust it. You know, I, I have a um, concept um, that I teach in this book, Be a Genie, called Everyone Has a Contract with the Universe. Mm -hmm. And you are a free agent. Exercise your options. And, and the contract with the universe consists of these four categories. It means that 
you don't rely on any one source to cover your needs. The universe supplies all you require and desire. You recognize that you have a steady source of supply coming from the universe, and you have the assurance that something is always on its way to you, even when a door closes, and the requirement that you show up and do your part. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's like you've, you've committed to a potluck. You're going to bring a dish. Well, stop worrying about everybody else's dishes. Just worry about the dish that you're bringing to the, to the table. Right, right, right. <laughs> and the feast it. will be it. abundant, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so and I'm reminded from, of a quote from a John Lennon uh, autobiography that I read many years ago. And he said, <clears throat> I always knew I was going to make it, but I wasn't sure in what manifestation. Right. I used to read yeah. the reviews of books and art and music before I ever put anything out. And I'd half expect to see my name in the review, even though I hadn't written a book or a song. I was half expecting to see my name in the newspapers to be famous. I only I knew it was only a matter of time. Exactly. And, you know, I'm 62, and I found my meaningful purpose five years ago. I mean, you know, I've done other things, and they had an impact, but nothing like what I'm doing now. And I really feel I finally stepped into where I'm meant to be, doing what I'm meant to be doing. And everything I've done beforehand has led me to this journey today. And if I'm meant to be doing this, and I'm, I'm so fervent in my belief of what I'm meant to be doing, then, you know, all of the other alignment will come into be. It will come into place and make sure that I continue on this path because they directed me here. And sometimes we have to take that leap of faith and that trust and take that deep breath that I may not know how, but I know what I need. And as long as I put out what I need, which is now, the universe will somehow get it to me. And we've got to pay attention to the signs too, right? You know, everybody's expecting that neon sign or that text to tell you what to do. And very often you get the message in obscure ways. Uh, and if we paid attention, we would have the answers we need. That's right. And, and it's a very lovely concept that if we choose to be the receiver of the solution and say, you know, I need a solution here. I need it to be resolved. And it's going to come together. I just don't know how. I remember one time being in a situation where I had a huge group that was going to be going, not a huge, but a good-sized group going with me to Tibet, and at the 11th hour, five people pulled out, which basically meant I wouldn't make my minimums with all the ground operators, and I already had, you know, $60,000 overseas already, you know, like, they're holding the money, and and I went to bed, and I said to the Ascended Master El Moria, who I had, was working with very closely, he's the Ascended Master on the Ray of the Will of God, anybody who needs help getting aligned with their will, El Moria is the person. Anyway, I said to El Moria, I think I'm bankrupt, but I still have my health, and I can start over if I need to. And then I said, and if there's a solution, I need to know by tomorrow morning. <laughs> and the next morning, I had a solution. And I was like, whoa, isn't that cool? I can do that. So that's what we did. We, I had a, a solution that worked out, and I, the trip went forward. It was quite astounding. Quite astounding. Yeah, and so that's that trust, isn't you it? Say, you have to be ready to receive. I'm yes. ready to receive it. Yes. And, and I've, I've faced many dilemmas like this, that, and, and everybody does. And, and, you know, sometimes I call them the divinity moments because we surrender to our divinity and know with absolute, absolute certainty there is a solution. We just don't know what it is yet. And once we do that, then we are in that place to be ready to hear the cue. And as you say, it's going to come in. It might come in from a text, but it might also come in from an inner knowing, an yeah. inner piece of information. I was having a conversation with, uh, with a, a friend recently, and we were talking about, you know, what makes the world go round. And of course, for me, you know, uh, uh, the word love came in because that's everything what everybody seeks. It's what drives us forward. It's what, uh, it's what our truth is. And of course, he came up with money. And I said, yes, in the material world, money is because money has been um, given a great deal of power. Now, let's face it, we need money, and I don't care if you earn a shitload of money. It's what you do with it and what other opportunities you see that really counts. But money's still a tool. And we, you know, we've kind of got this misconstrued that you know, money and material things are the worth. And we've forgotten about the humanity, the soul, the spirit, um, the heart of life. 
uh, and all living things is really where the love and where the truth is. And uh, we, we've really got to kind of change those glasses, don't we? Yes, exactly. And that is the whole point. We're changing glasses. Mm-hmm. We are not, you know, um, keeping the same frames or upgrading our prescription. We are literally taking off these yeah. glasses and putting on different ones. Getting laser and, surgery. And, and <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, I mean, you know, everything we have relied on, everything that we think is real or valuable is changing. And what a marvelous thing that we're actually get, you and I, get to be at the forefront of that because we've chosen to step back from all of this drama around money and around uh, abundance in the way that we have by saying, by announcing to ourselves and to those around us, look, it's coming in, I trust that it's there, and everything is handled. Sometimes people are driven to make money the master because that's the old game. And once you begin to understand, we're just changing games here. We're not going to need money. And for a long time, when people would say that, I would think to myself, well, how is that going to work? And as we explore this, you know, you're a perfect example of the new model that's the transition model that allows the universe to fill in the void. I've got a void here that needs filling. And the universe, science will tell us, the universe abhors a void. So I've got a void here. And it's called a bucket. And it needs money. It needs some kind of, you know, remuneration that allows me to continue doing what I'm doing. You know, that's it. Take care of it. <laughs> I mean, I fully understand, you know, the worrying anxiety over money. I mean, I live on, you know, the, the poverty line all the time. You know, I'm a very enriched and abundant person, but my bank balance doesn't always match that. And I've got a certain lifestyle that I wish to lead, a certain um, dimension, physical dimension that I want to be, you know, in harmony with, which will require that infusion of money in order to take me to that level. Um, But I think it's again into why are you doing it? Is it keeping up with the Joneses? Is it to look important? Is it to subsidize something missing in your life? Or is it again that tool that's going to give you something that will give you that comfort, that harmony, that that sense of sanctuary and peace that you're looking for Um, because it's that tool that's provided, you know, that hammer and nail for it. We have to well, ask you know, why. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I, I'm going to challenge that and say I'm not so sure that that's true, because even over the last 20 years, I've manifested material things that I needed that would normally take cash, but I didn't have the cash, but it was provided. You know, yeah. I remember when my my um, one of my sons went off to college, and I said to him, "You're going to need to get a job." And he said, "Mom, I don't want to get a job. I'm going to be going to school in Washington D.C. There's way too much there." to, you know, visit and explore. And I don't think that that's a good use of my time. And I said, okay, I understand. I respect that decision. I have $100 to give you between now and Christmas. Make it last. That's all I can swing. And he said, okay. So then when he would want to go out to dinner with the friends, they were all all going out for pizza, he would decline. He would say, I'll, I'll just use my food car. I'll take my meal here. And somebody would say, I'll spot you. Don't worry about it. I've got you covered. And so there was always a way. You know, I remember one time when I wanted a very particular kind of fabric called super suede. And it's like a suede, but it's it's uh, synthetic, and and it has the look and feel of suede, but it's not. And I'm a seamstress, and I imagined that I would get this piece of fabric, and then I would make myself this nice jacket. I had visions of what I wanted. But the, the fabric was, you know, like 60 bucks an hour, $60 a yard. Yeah. And so I kept seeing that I would have this. Well, someone gifted me two garments, a skirt that matched a jacket I already had, and a jacket that matched a dress that I had, and they were in my size, and they were made of this fabric. <laughs> I didn't even have to sew them. And this happens to me all the time, because I'm so grateful and so I didn't have to buy it, and I didn't mind that someone else owned it because you couldn't tell. It's not like it, there's a sign on it that says, I got Previously this, you know, it's a second buy, yeah. <laughs> Right. And in this case, someone, someone actually handed it to me. I didn't even have to buy it. It just came to me. So I believe that everything you need you can attract, and, and you can live with very little in the way of physical cash because cash is only a medium. And one time when I was helping a person manifest, 
And they were saying, well, I want to have all this cash. And I said, you have to put something to it. I said, if you had lots of money in the bank, what would change in your reality? Because you have money now. You know what? You want to take it to another level, and I understand that, but what would change? And she said, ah, I would be able to get on a plane and go see my friend in Hawaii anytime I wanted. And I said, exactly. That's the level of abundance you want to have. So now that can happen if you have enough miles or somebody hands you miles. And, you know, so it doesn't even have to be that you actually have that cash. You just have that feeling of having that level of abundance that you could do that. Right. So a currency is changing. It's not just the dollars and cents anymore. Um, you know, it's 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 really well said. Our currency is changing. Our current is changing, and our currency is changing. Mm -hmm. What a brilliant statement! Um, and we have to kind of look at it differently. And it's also our value is changing as well, isn't it? What we used to value, what we used to deem is important, we're realizing isn't as important. You know, now is the you know we're seeing the swing more going back to organic foods, even you know veganism and vegetarianism taking more prevalence because you know the saving of the water, the saving of the animals. I think the consciousness is definitely rising. Actually, I know. I don't think. I know the consciousness is, is uh, rising. People are awakening. Uh, you know, they've been going around with blinkers for so long, and now they're, they, you know, they've got this inner voice that's saying to them, you just can't do this anymore. You need to change your ways because it's going against your grain. And I said people have lived their lives by expectation, by dictation, you know, from society, from church, from family, you know, from keeping up with the Joneses. And it's now like, no, that doesn't fit me. That suit doesn't fit me. And I need to find what is my cloth? How do I wear it? What do I represent? What's my contribution to, the, to, to life and planet and humanity? Brilliant. Positively brilliant. It's, it's just a lovely observation that we're in a transformational place in the reality. And as we work with one system, we know that that system is ending and coming to an end. And we're moving into a new system. It reminds me, when I was still working in the corporate world and I had children at home and I was very dependent upon this cash system as we've described it. Mm -hmm. I had a pretty big system. I had kids in college. and So <clears throat> I had, um, I'll say, a need in my own mind to, to have a big cash churn. And my organization was being bought out by another company. And I knew that my job was going to be eliminated. Even though no one had said it to me, I was pretty sure that that was a consequence of this buyout. And it was just a matter of time when it was going to happen. And I had interviewed for job after job after job. I bet you I interviewed for 80 jobs. And every one of them, I was the number two. I was never their first choice. Right. And so here I am after all these interviews, and I'm coming down to the end of the line, I'm thinking, it's been six months. My, I, know, <laughs> you know, I know my job is ending. And I kind of got a little fearful. And I remember asking the universe, give me um, a visual that I can use that will help me um, get through this and come out the other side, you know, in one piece without, without adding fear or anything like that. And then I noticed one of my kids playing a video game called Mario Brothers. <laughs> and this little video game of Mario Brothers, he uh, drops off the page, um, uh, he drops off the edge of a, of a, like a cliff, and then all of a sudden there is a, um, an island that floats up right at the same level of the cliff. So Mario looks like he's not paying attention, steps off the cliff like he's expecting land to be there, and there is. There's this little island, and he walks across the island, and the island floats between the chasm, and then he lands on, on you know, some more solid ground, and he keeps going. And I'm thinking, that's it. I'm stepping off a cliff. I don't know what's beyond it, but I know that I'm okay and that there's something there that I will step onto that will carry me to the next piece. And that was my visual. And that was great because I literally did step off a cliff into a situation where I, you know, the, the cash wasn't there, but money came in in other ways that was totally surprising. And the funniest part, of course, is when I shared this with one of my sons and he said, Mom, that only happens when you're really good at the game. <laughs> yes. I call it stepping out into the abyss to blind, deaf, and dumb in order to see, hear, and feel. 
Um, you know, I've, I've done that all my life, you know, and it's uh, everybody's just putting their arms up in the air and going, Sarah, what are you doing? And I say, I'm just following what I need to do. And sometimes I fall, and but, you know, the, the lesson is in the fall and then there's the pick up again, but it's just... It's that trust, you know, it's that trust of being. And you talked about something back in 1995, and um, we know that 1995 was an enormous awakening to certain people of consciousness who are now the, you know, the leaders and the, the guiders and uh, the teachers uh, of the consciousness now. Um, but there was a massive awakening in 1995 to people who really received the cosmic hatchet in the head. You know, some people were totally different walks of life, and then along came this awakening and this purpose uh, and took them in a totally different direction. And, and now today those teachings are helping other people, you know, embrace their new dimensions. You know, was that for you in 1995? You know, that's an interesting thing because um, what happened to me is, is literally my whole world came to an end. You know, I was happily married, for 25 years, and then I realized I was the only one that was happy. <laughs> and then um, I got fired from my job, my high-paying job. I got fired from it. And then um, let's see what else happened. Um, well, I think that's... The cosmic you know, oh, two-by-four, oh, that's oh, what happened. <laughs> oh, then, then the family debt, the family debt, right? When you have a big family, you have a big system, you have debt. The family debt fell on me because my, my beloved husband had decided that he needed to file bankruptcy. And there's no, there's no law against bankruptcy, by the way. Mm -hmm. And so he did, but I didn't want to. I had, I had an attitude about that. So I didn't want to file bankruptcy. And so he had, what, he, what he had to do was he had to name me as one of his creditors. Well, what that did is it fell on me. So I had two choices. I could either file bankruptcy with him or, you know, subsequent to him, or I could pay the family debt. So I chose to pay the family debt. And it took me seven years. So all of that was like in my face in 1995. Yes. And it was like yeah. really, really big. But it allowed me to step into my true power. Because um, as you have identified, it is that solid uh, message. Well, if you're really blah, 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 then step up. Yeah. Step into it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Very cool. You yeah. know, I, I always look at, you know, to the third, fourth, and fifth dimension. I think that, you know, humanity has been on that third dimension for so long. You know, the, the, the flight or fight mode, you know, hate, distrust, fear, you know, um, kind of, I call it the very heavy vibration that for so long um, as a, an empath, I couldn't live with because it, it hurt, physically hurt. And I think that, you know, we've got so many people on that fourth dimension are crossing that bridge into that fifth dimension of enlightenment and awakening and understanding. But I think very, very soon we're going to see that third dimension be closed off. And if you aren't on that fourth dimension on your way up, um, you know, you, you could get very well left behind. And I think this is the transition. And this is why it's being so escalated around the world right now of come on, humanity, you know what's wrong, step up and make it right, because soon those doors are going to close. You know, you've said a bunch of things that really resonate with me, and the first one is painful. You know, <clears throat> I I so resonate with this business of being in pain. I remember as a um, student in high school being part of what I would call the in crowd, and I was new. I was a new kid in the school, but I kind of gravitated towards these people and um, fit in okay. But one of the one of the girls used the F word practically in every sentence. And, you know, I hung out with him for maybe six months, and I thought, to, and, and I remember every time I heard it, it was painful, physically painful. And it wasn't like I had judgment over her because she seemed like a nice person. But <clears throat> I certainly wasn't interested in telling her to stop it because, of course, then, you know, then they get to decide to kick me out. So I exited on my own, and I chose to step back because I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. And I find that, Certain experiences are painful. You know, when I hear people exceptionally critical, it's painful. Yes. And I totally yes. resonate with you. Um, and so if you're listening and you, um, you have that reaction, that's normal. That's the new normal. Yes. The new normal is so it's the profound. Boundary. It's the boundary you won't you cross. Care, yeah. Yeah. Right. You care about other people so much that when certain things happen, 
it's physically painful yeah. to you. So that's number one. And then another thing you said, which was it's also very profound and very prophetic, because I've seen it and I've observed it. Fourth dimension most certainly is the bridge. Fourth dimension is this energy of of what I call Grand Central Station. Mm-hmm. It's the place you go to get where you want to go. It's not a place you want to overnight. Yes. So I just love it. I just love your um, your your selection of words because. You know, I'm I'm a teacher who categorizes things so that people can understand them. I compartmentalize things so that people can take the old way and understand it and then step into the new. Because sometimes you won't see the markers if you don't understand them. They're there. You know they're there, but you don't understand it so you don't take the cue. And this happens to everybody where they, they get a message or they get a hit or they get a feeling, but they don't take the cue because they haven't any way to uh, identify that that cue is a true message they don't know what the what is right uh-huh. so you know kind of stuck uh-huh. on the how but you've got to understand the what first and uh, you know this is the reason why i do these shows uh, uh, and you know have people like yourself on it's because you, you're the you're the inspirers you're the inviters you know because of you you don't teach anything that you haven't journeyed yourself Everything that you've learned has been your own life um, embracement. And through that, now you're able to share that and enlighten and invite other people to take that journey with that clarity, with understanding their what. And, you know, that is my purpose to do. And your purpose is to help people awaken up and understand their what, their how, and just do it. You know, be the Mario. Step out in faith and trust. <laughs> and, you know, and it's, it, it, when we look at the roles that we're playing here today, Compared to where we used to be, we wouldn't change a thing, would we? I certainly wouldn't. You know, I'm grateful for every experience mm-hmm. I've ever had. And I'm even more grateful that I don't have to do that anymore and that I'm choosing to live a level of integrity that I've never been able to uh, achieve before now. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> it, it, it's going that you've always wanted to live that, but you couldn't because life kept dictating you and pulling you in another way. And then when we step into that authenticity of soul purpose, um, you know, then we truly actually understand our divine blueprint and what we're really here for. And in that embracement of that, we cannot do anything else but be. And the divine blueprint is available to anyone who asks for it to be activated and available to them. And a simple prayer, like, I'm asking for my divine blueprint to be so enlivened, so full of light, that I wouldn't think of any other way to be. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's stepping into your meaningful purpose, isn't it? You know, when, yes, it is. when, when you're in your meaningful purpose, when you actually understand that everything you've been through in life, and I really have interviewed people who you've had, cause, you know, more than one multiple hatchet in the head um, through, you know, just stuff happening to them in life. And, and they go, although it was painful and sorrowful and this and that, I wouldn't change anything because who I am today, what I'm doing, my meaningful purpose, my contribution to humanity is more abundant, more fruitful, more more meaningful, more enriched than anything I ever, ever did before. And when we step into that enrichment and that beautiful abundance, it really is the currency of life in itself, isn't it? Yes, it is. And, you know, this brings me back full circle to this whole business of no more karma mm-hmm. and that, excuse me, even when, even when you know someone else has, I'll use the word, had this difficult road to uh, hoe, to, to come forward through, you we, you, we can benefit from their, their experiences. We do not have to recreate that for ourselves. And we can take that and build upon the shoulders of their experiences, which is one of the reasons why we don't need no more karma. We have no more karma. The whole idea of man's inhumanity to man, we've had enough pain and suffering. We don't need to add any more of that to the database. What we do need is more creativity, more love, yes. more joy, and the rest will follow. Yes, 100%. You know, I think more wonderment, more gratitude, more attitude, you know, positive attitude. It's like, 
we are frigging awesome as human beings and I think only now beginning to actually understand exactly what we're here for and just you know what we're capable of and we've been in chains for so long in our limitations which purely came from that dictation that thought process and that when we open up and listen to you know the voice from the inside out the universal voice that divine coding of who and why we're here you know and embrace that then we truly just understand I am unlimited in what my potential is and what I can do if only I step into that belief. I so agree with that. I so agree with that. And, um, you know, I one of the things that I uh, share with people, and I, I always like to close with this, is the idea that one of the easiest ways you can step into your blueprint, your mastery, and, you know, your best day of ever is to say, I'm asking for a day of heaven on earth for me and everyone I come in contact with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful way to change the vibration for yourself and then of every interaction because, you know, you've blessed everyone that you're touching. It's awesome. Yes. Exactly. It's that goodwill towards man that that resonates out in a beautiful harmony that becomes part of a symphony that becomes such an invitation, you know, such a resonance. And it's like you too can be part of that orchestra. Just bring your instrument and join in and and exude that music out to the world and heal it and invite it and bring it together. Because that's really what it's all about, isn't it? Yes, it is. Very much so. And I so treasure um, the opportunity to share all these amazing concepts to, with your larger audience and to honor the goddess in you and the big check that's coming your way. <laughs> yes. And uh, all the wonderful abundance that we all have. Right. If we just go pick it up. Right. Yes. <laughs> Our own little treasure chest that lies within us. It's not out there. It's in us. Right. So... Having said that, how do people find you to book your services? How do they buy your books? And um, how did they reach out to you? All right. So I um, presently teach Akashic Records reading as a skill set. And along that uh, continuum, I include many, many other tools, mystic tools that I've acquired over the years. And so people can reach me at MaureenStGermain.com, M A U R. E-E-N-S-T-G-E-R-M-A-I-N dot com. And you can uh, send an email if you wish to info at maureensaintgermain.com. I have uh, all my books are for sale on Amazon, including the newest one, Waking Up in 5D. It's on pre-order, so you'll be among the first to get it when it comes out in a couple of months if you pre-order it. Um, I have amazing guided meditation CDs that are just terrific in case you need help figuring out what to say in your prayer work and you need a little help. Some of my meditations, like the Rainbow Angel Meditation and others, actually take you through a step-by-step of each of, for example, the seven archangels, where the biblical citations are, and then a space for you to make your own prayer. So when we get to Archangel Chamuel, for example, you might include a relationship that needs a little extra TLC from the angels. And so you do this with every one of them where there's a space for you to personalize it and to make it your own. And I have found just wonderful feedback on that. And I also have free stuff on my website. I have a wonderful website, a wonderful uh, guided meditation called Divine Government Meditation that's currently free. And that meditation is to pray for divine governance among our bosses, among our elected leaders and our political leaders. And I believe that if we pray for their success as hard as we pray for our own, Mm -hmm. we will transform the reality much faster than if we just take care of ourselves. So let's start praying for everybody, including the people we don't like, because they probably need it more than we do. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, You know, whenever you see something that's so horrific, you know, I just, I, um, I wish them, pray for them to have a conscience. And, you know, when they wake up to that consciousness, they know the actions they do are wrong. And they're now given that invitation to make it right. (coughs) So, you know, it's wishing for them to awaken 
to that consciousness of um, you know uh, of their 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 deeds and uh, and the option to change them. Um, we can't send hate because you know hate is a, a negative vibration. We have to send love with um, awakening. May they awaken to what, their love. What if what if you changed it to just I wish for them to awaken yeah. and not worry yeah. about whether they get the conscience or not? Because yeah. again, yeah. if we if we're worried about whether or not they get a conscience, then we're still trying to judge them. Right. So I right. I wish that they awaken, and I pray that their angels and guides step up and move in closer to make it easier and easier to make the best decision for all of life. Exactly, because that's sure the energy that we're stepping into right now. We have already stepped into. That's what. The fifth dimension is all about, isn't it? It is about that loving energy, that goodwill to all yeah. one, uh, to all man That's and right. to mankind. That's right. Mm -hmm. And as you, I, I totally agree with your earlier statement. I have a slightly way, different way of saying it, but it's the same message, and that is love is the governing principle. Yeah. And so we're both in, a, in complete harmony in that regard, and it's so fabulous. And, you know, stepping into love, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful place to be. And you see life in s such a different way, in such gratitude and appreciation. And, uh, you know, the meaning of your life will come into be. So give love a chance. So thank you so much, Maureen, for being with us here today. It's MaureenStGermain.com. Uh, you can reach her at. Uh, she's on Facebook, Maureen St. Germain, Practical Mystics. Um, her books are on Amazon. And, uh, you know, reach out to her and, uh, you know, find out what your cashy records are. Learn how to, to read it yourself. Read the books. You know, this is the reason reason why people like Marina are here is to help you through this transition, help you on this bridge, this fourth dimensional bridge, so you too can embrace your fifth dimension. You don't have to do it alone, um, but you do have to step into ownership um, and participation of your own life, and Marine will be here to guide you. So thank you, Marine. Thank you so much for having me. It's just been a delight to have this conversation. Oh, my <laughs> pleasure, my pleasure. And to everyone else, remember, your life is up to you. Step into it because you are awesome. You're a diamond in the rough waiting to be uh, polished. And with a lot of love, you'll find that beautiful light that lines within you. Until next time, folks. Bye for now. <laughs>